0: Thanks, guys. As you can see, I don't have a staircase behind me today. A bit of a change of scenery. I have, however, six lights on me at the moment, so there's probably a little halo. But anyway, can you hear me, guys? Okay, great. Thank you. Right. So before we start, can I ask you to please turn to Habakkuk? Um, We're going to go from chapter one, and uh, we are. This is our last instalment of the Habakkuk series. Um, And I have been really excited. I've been mulling on this for a few weeks Really excited to to talk about the topic that I'm talking on, but I thought I'd open with my new little toy here. This is an action camera and uh, I've been waiting for five months for this camera to arrive It was meant to arrive before John and I went to the Netherlands, which didn't happen because of lockdown And so I've been tracking this thing on a daily basis for the last five months literally since the beginning of Feb and i have been waiting and um as much as i've been tracking every day literally part of my morning routine is to log on to the tracking website and to track this thing as much as i have been tracking this little camera um, that makes my heart so happy um it it has done nothing to speed it up or slow it down as much as i have been following and tracking so that's sort of my attempt at trying to control you know the weight um but anyway, all of a sudden it arrived. I got an SMS while I was in Dischem the other day and it arrived and I was very happy. So, but that's, you'll see why that fits in now. Um, basically, our topic for this morning is waiting well. Uh, and we're going to see with two verses from Habakkuk uh, and then I'll just unpack further. First is from Habakkuk 1 and it's verses 2 to 3. It says, how long Lord must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Could you now turn to Habakkuk 2? I know it's not a very big turn. Turn the page. Um, And uh, verse 1, it says, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. Quite bold words from Habakkuk, and I know we've, we've unpacked those over the last few weeks. I am generally very good at waiting. Uh, I, I consider myself a patient man. Uh, I am a teacher by trade and principal now, um, so I've learned to wait and be patient with not only learners but with staff as well. Um, but since turning 40, there's been a radical shift in the way I conduct my life, and uh, I've surprised my wife quite a bit. She has often thought I have some sort of terminal illness uh, because I am very quick to make decisions at the moment based on the value of making memories and prioritising my family. Um, the other day, I was I, I realised that the barbers were open. I drove into the car park and saw that the the guys were operational. Uh, i would be needing a haircut um, and. Um, I drove in, I saw one guy just get into the barber's seat and I thought, I actually can't wait that long. This is robbing me time with my family. And so I turned around and went out again. Um, so I couldn't even wait for one person to have their haircut um, before me. So as I say, generally good at waiting, um, but I think I've also developed a bit of adult ADD <laughs> over the last few years. So I'm just going to open with a few general thoughts about waiting. Firstly, Habakkuk's accusation To God was his inactivity uh, or his not listening to God. Often we think that because we have to wait, that God's not listening or that he's ignoring us, and that is not so. And we'll unpack a few reasons why I think, and certainly why the Bible says sometimes God makes us wait. The scriptures are also full of waiting. Uh, We look at the Israelites going around the desert, uh, waiting for the promised land. We look at the entire Old Testament. Looking towards the coming Messiah. We currently are in a state as believers of waiting for our Messiah to return and for the kingdom to come. But waiting isn't a natural thing for us, uh, it really is, and even more so now, countercultural. The most used elevator button can you guess what that is? It's the closed door button because we, we, we cannot wait for the door to close. We get into the elevator and people just smash that thing. You'll see it's the most worn button in the elevator. Um, and recently, Carrie and I have had a conversation with our kids as well, just about the whole Netflix phenomenon, watching series and things like that. Do you remember, or well, I hope some of you remember, waiting for a week for the next episode to happen? I mean, that's like unheard of now. We can binge watch So waiting for a week for the next episode to happen. And also, Kerry and I have been exploring YouTube a bit and sort of uploading videos and things like that. YouTube also, the suggestion is um, that your videos, in order to get the the most views, should be between 5 and 12 minutes long. And that really speaks to as well sort of the the tendency not to want to wait uh, for information or for things to to come your way. So it is really a countercultural thing, waiting. So why does God sometimes make us wait or why does he let us wait? Uh, Let's not be that uh, active in my my speech. But the first is, I I would say um, that waiting is actually an act of submission to God uh, and trusting that he has things under control. We can't get into God's mind. Uh, We are not God. And in fact, in, in Isaiah 55 verse 8, it says, his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. And so I'm going to be bold here and say that our God actually can be a bit unpredictable in the way he outworks things in our lives uh, and in the world, because we can't sometimes see the avenue that he's going to take or the way he's going to do it. He sees the big picture. And for me, I'm incredibly thankful for that. Um, In 2018, I I went through a a season for the entire year, really, where I was walking around the school that I planted, I built, um, and I was working for another group of schools, and I really, I often described it as, as, and it sounds like I was ungrateful, but I wasn't. I just felt that I was walking through sort of a graveyard, really, that, that the place was, was almost dead to me, and I had seen signs that maybe uh, my job was slightly at risk at the time, and so it was getting real, really, and, and there was a tendency for, for panic to set in and anxiety, and God gave me, and I mentioned it earlier to you guys, God gave me one image, uh, throughout that time of waiting um, and that was and um, just please bear with me but Pirates of the Caribbean if you've seen that movie the, the movie opens with Jack Sparrow holding onto a mast and the wind is in his hair and there's this triumphant glorious music and he's it looks like he's having the time of his life he's, he's obviously sailing across the, the seas and then the camera pans out And you realize that actually all he's holding on to is the very top of the mast (laughs) and the rest of the ship is underwater. Um, And the movie sort of starts with him perfectly timing, um, stepping onto the the boardwalk um, as the ship has just gone down. And so that's the image, funnily enough, that God gave me throughout that year. And so I did have this one thing to hold on to, that God was in control and that my hope was in him. Um, That was hugely important because I think and I'll go into this later, I could have gone down a few avenues uh, out of desperation at the time as well. Martin Luther said, faith is a living, daring confidence in God's grace, so sure and certain that the believer would stake his or her life on it. And for us, that's actually what we're doing. We're staking our lives, our eternal lives, on what we believe in, that Jesus died and rose for our sins And that in doing so, we would be part of the kingdom of God for eternity. Romans 8 verse 28 uh, speaks about knowing that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. And I know John touched on this a few weeks ago as well, that that doesn't necessarily mean always for our personal good, but for all of those who love him, uh, those around us as well. And so God's will is always to see men restored into right relationship with him. And so waiting sometimes means that God is actually just bringing the right outcome uh, out of a situation. He is patient um, because that's one of the attributes of love. And so he is patient and he waits for the best outcome for all of those who love him, including you. Habakkuk 2 verse 4 speaks about the righteous or the just living by faith. And it's actually quoted again in Romans by Paul, which is quite a little honor for Habakkuk as well. But that's not just a statement, the righteous will live by, by faith. That's, for me, that's not a statement. That's actually a bit of a challenge. Um, and so we can live that out, uh, that, that we need to practice that every day. God also might be waiting for your heart to be right. Um, and so, again, how amazing is it that God can be waiting for you uh, to, to step forward into what he has for you? So that's something to hold on to as well. Like the Israelites, um, you know, they had to walk around for 40 years, really, to get their hearts right um, with God. And he was patient with them. Maybe God is also waiting uh, for you to let go some more and let him take the reins in your life, um, being a heart issue. What happens, though, when, and I've touched on it earlier, what happens when we give up on waiting uh, and we start to take charge? Uh, There are some dangers to that, as I'm sure you know. The first is we can make the wrong decisions. Um, We can jump down a whole myriad of rabbit holes and uh, schemes and even go into some dubious business practices, for example, um, compromising our values and our morals. And so that can be an issue as well. We can also open ourselves up to um, the counsel or opinion of others uh, where that might not be entirely helpful, uh, as well as their experience of things. Um, which doesn't necessarily mean it's our experience of things. And then we can, as I said, put our faith in the wrong things, even things like gambling uh, or or addictions, um, just to buy the time, I suppose, as well. The last really warning uh, about not being willing to wait is that it distances us from God. Uh, And it also puts us on a path that is off of his will for our lives. And so we're actually stepping out of the blessing of being in God's will. For me, the most scary time of my life, and I mean this, guys, the most scary time of my life has been when I haven't, when I haven't let God take the reins, and I've tried to do things myself. Often then, uh, it would result in calamity, and I would have to, <laughs> I'd have to go back to God and say, listen, I'm sorry, um, please take the reins again. And there is huge comfort in knowing that what we are going through, even now, during this lockdown, lockdown time, where... Maybe your job is uncertain and you're waiting to hear about that. Maybe you're waiting for your salary to come in in a few months' time because you've been furloughed or or whatever the case is. Waiting well uh, and knowing that God has everything uh, according to his plan and purpose for you. And in fact, the waiting is part of his plan and purpose for you. How to wait. Okay, Uh, waiting is a verb. Uh, It's an action and scripture really speaks to this. And so how do we wait? Firstly, uh, and the most powerful thing I think we can do while we wait is to pray. Um, Obviously, uh, the Bible speaks about this as well, saying, do not be anxious in Philippians. says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And so prayer is a huge tool, not only in giving everything to God, um, but also in bringing His will uh, and just the, the mindset that happens um, in bringing God's will into your, into your mind and into your life. The second thing is that we can do while we wait is to train. Um, and I'll go into the ramparts just now with Habakkuk talking about waiting on the ramparts. But to train our, our spirits, um, even to train our bodies, I suppose, as well, um, to be proactive while you wait. Um, Kerry said, I'm going for surgery in, in two weeks' time. On my eye, um, as most of you know, and I just said, you know, the the forty eight hours after the surgery, I'm I'm going to I'm going to be forced to have my eyes closed, um, and so I'm going to be, you know, for all intents and purposes blind. Um, and I said, what am I going to do? You know, like I, I really, I, as I said, I've got adult ADHD, I think, or ADD, and, and I, I can't last still for long. Um, and so Kerry said, what about just listening to podcasts? You know, listening to some really good um, Bible teachings going through a a book in the Bible or whatever the case is. And that really spoke to me that as much as my body will be down when the physical I am uh, sort of constrained, that in the spiritual I will be growing and using the time constructively. And God trusts us with that as well, to be wise with our time. The third thing we can do is to be still, to listen and to be aware. I think for me, what came to my mind when, when I thought of that was just waiting for the next orders from God. Um, what's the next step? Being open to God, being in conversation and praying without ceasing, I think is huge as well. Casting, and I think that this is also an action, this is a verb, casting your anxieties onto him. Uh, as I mentioned in the verse I read earlier, that that is sometimes really, really difficult to be able to cast your anxiety onto God. Um, and that, that can take a bit of mental, um, mental effort as well. John mentioned um, last week a bit about Habakkuk and where he was waiting. Uh, He said he was going to station himself on the ramparts. And for me, that's a huge deal. Um, The ramparts, uh, as as he mentioned, were the place around a fortress or around a castle where those little jagged spaces where you could shoot arrows through, where that whole whole thing happened. And so it was a place of, uh, firstly, a place of overview. It was a place where you could stand and wait and look to the horizon for your enemy or for the next thing, whether it's a person coming, you know, waving a white flag, for example, or what's coming next. It's a place where you can oversee and look out and wait. Um, Secondly, it's a place of defense. It's a safe place. Um, It's behind the fortress walls. And so that's also, I think, speaks to, to God's defense of us while we wait, that we need to trust that as well. It's also a place of offense. As I said, it's got little gaps in between uh, the walls. And so you, there is a place where, where you can throw out offense, arrows, or whatever the case is as well. Um, and just something to bear in mind there um, when waiting. It's, it's not, a, it's not a, a place of inactivity or a place where we hide our heads in the sand and we're, we're ignorant or we're oblivious or we don't want to know what's going on. Um, it's, it's quite literally a place where we are actively partnering with God in waiting. Um, we are standing, as His watchmen, waiting for the next step. Lastly, waiting is actually a state of worship. Habakkuk 3, 18 to 19 says, Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. Hope comes from the Lord. And so, obviously, this is something that changes our mindset as well. That worship, remember, opens us up to conversation with God. But also God works, even in the things that are unsaid in a state of worship. God works in our spirits, he works in our minds, and he changes our mindset for the better. And so our view on the whole waiting process can change just by worshiping God and again, giving things to him. That was a lot of information, (laughs) a lot of small punches. But as I close, um, I just want to ask, are you guys calling out for something from God today. You know, Habakkuk's um, book or his his prophetic book wasn't the usual prophecy. It wasn't, wasn't, you know, the prophet standing on a hill, speaking out to the people um, and shouting out under a tree or whatever the case was. This was a conversation and it's known as a lament to God. It was a discussion between Habakkuk and God, but we can learn About ourselves and we can learn about our God nonetheless and for me that's the prophetic side of things and so are you calling out to God for something today are you waiting for justice in a situation and I've been there are you waiting for justice for God to intervene and bring justice to a situation or are you waiting for answers I think that's been one of the big things for me as a leader during this time is waiting for some sort of concrete answer where are we going what's happening and particularly in the school environment I've been waiting for some concrete things. You know, God, you know, tell me what's going on here. Uh, What can I do next? And it's been a very fluid environment for us, which for me is not the best. Um, So are you waiting for something from God? Psalm 145 verse 18 to 19 says, The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. Psalm 34 verse 17 to 18. And if you're waiting for something from God, Psalm 34, the whole chapter is actually an amazing chapter to read. It says, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Is your God, the God you say he is, is your faith and what you believe in actually, when it comes down, you know, to the rubber hitting the road, is that what you believe? Um, And so that, I can just encourage you there. Please read through Psalm 34 if you're in a state of waiting um, for God for answers. Jesus came, died, and rose to give us access to the very throne room of the God of the universe. And that access, again, we need to have faith that that access is ours on a daily basis. We're going to go into a time of worship um, soon. And so I just want to leave you with, with two things. Maybe during, as we go into worship, It might be a good time just to reflect on God's kingdom coming on earth and therefore into your life personally. What does that look like? God's kingdom coming into your life and maybe inviting that and praying for that. You know, it was part of the Lord's prayer. Your kingdom come. Um, And so that is a daily thing that we should be asking for. And how profound is that, that we can ask for the kingdom of God to come into our lives? Um, We don't need to ask. and, And Habakkuk was amazing here. We don't need to ask for a personal or very private or a very specific thing. Uh, You know, come through with my salary or come through with whatever. If we ask for God's kingdom to come, we're asking for his will in our lives. And that is the best place to be in as a creation of God, as one of his children who he loves. Secondly, maybe just ask for his will to be done. Um, He's a loving father. He wants the best for you. He loves you more than you love yourself. And he cares for you. And he knows more than you know. And so do we trust that God is who he says he is?